Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to another one of these. I'm Austin York. He's Tristan Rines. Thank you so much for joining us. America's team. And we have something to talk about of significance. And that was a preseason game. The Cowboys did lose uh, to uh, who they play again? Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, that tells you how much that you're paying attention to their opponent. But yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars, Goldilocks, Trevor Lawrence, that's what I call him. Uh, they lost 28-23. to It was a close game, but really in these games, we don't really care about the end score. We just care about the individual matchups. How did people look uh, getting the reps when they were on the field? And then you take away what was good and what was bad. And I'll start with you, Tristan. What did you think were the negatives? Let's go negatives first from the Cowboys in that first preseason game that you might be a little worried about. Uh, We talked about it a lot over the offseason. And I feel like I just keep hitting this this nail with the hammer over and over and over again. But it's the offensive line. The lack of depth is what was really present to me. And I know there were certain elements of, well, the Jaguars were starting some of their starters in this matchup. A lot more on the offensive side, though. But, man, that protection broke down quite a bit in certain areas. Uh, Hooper Rush getting sacked pretty early into the game. I saw Will Greer under pressure quite often. And the further down, further into the game you go, the sloppier the football gets. But that offensive line depth just didn't look very promising to me. That was the biggest concern that I had coming out of this one. And I want to say that real quickly because that's the first thing I thought of. In fact, when I was driving home, I was thinking about that. I was like, that's the only thing. And I will say that really stood out to me as, oh, wow. And it's because, now, I want to. you brought this up. I want to preface this. Cowboys did not start a single starter. Yeah. All of those guys were backups. Uh, some were third on, on the depth chart. Uh, but Jacksonville, while they didn't start their all their starters on the defensive line, they started a couple. They played them for a little bit. And you saw that if the Cowboys do have a problem at offensive line with any kind of injuries, Anywhere. These are the guys, yeah, that you're filling in. Now, it's different when you plug one guy in versus all five guys. Obviously, we're seeing some difference. But, yeah, it, that really stood out to me is that uh, Cooper Rush was running for his life immediately, and he almost couldn't get a good read on the offense, at least in the first quarter, mm-hmm. because it was like dude, they're not doing anything. Every time that Rush is back to throw, he's got about a second to throw before he's getting hit or people are getting knocked off off their targets. So 
I completely agree with you there, and that's why I wanted to jump in instead of going back. I, I did. I didn't really think that anybody, and I'm, I'm trying to think right now, stood out as as far a performer on the offensive line of the ball. So, is there what was the other? Uh, I guess thing that that stood out to you as as a maybe something that uh, we need to watch. Or did anything concern you? That I mean, that's it was such a glaring issue on that offensive line. That's really what kept my attention. Uh, checking back in and looking at that game overall, I will say this much: I, I, everything else looked good in in a nutshell. Right? You take a moment where the offensive line was operating. There did look to be a certain level of smoothness. I think the biggest question moving forward with this Cowboys offense is probably who's going to be that wide receiver, maybe 3-4. Obviously, Gallup kind of feels like the cemented role there, but Jalen Tolbert obviously had a lot of really good reports coming out of camps. Dak Prescott had a bunch of really good words to say about him, and then he actually wound up scoring at one point during this first preseason game. So I think a lot of impressions for that wide receiver 4 spot and then potentially that tight end spot, but we just haven't seen Luke Shoemaker yet. So those are more or less just questions I have moving I forward. I think the, the the biggest, besides the glaring offensive line, and I think that was clearly one, two, and three, I, I don't really know that anything else was a, oh, no. Nothing catastrophic. No, yeah. and I don't think even that was catastrophic. I just went, uh, I mean, these guys need to get a lot more reps or, or something needs to happen. Uh, but the second thing is, to me, and, and is much different, Mozzie Smith. I, mm. I thought Mozzie Smith looked good. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I'm like, oh, he's getting knocked around or he's not in the right position. And they played him a lot. They they or at least a little bit here. Uh in the first I know they played him the first half and yeah. a little bit of the third. So I I don't know that that's too concerning. He is a rookie. That was his first NFL action. He was going up against, like you mentioned, uh first team guys with Jacksonville for for early on. And I think, and I will say this for the offensive line, when when the when you started measuring them with the guys that are going to be measured against, the second team guys were matched with the second team, the third with the third, you started seeing them play better. And I think that when Mozzie Smith started playing better is when those second and third team guys started coming in. Mm-hmm. So I'm not terribly concerned about him, but that was a worry. Now on the flip side, I wanted to bring up your 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 highlights. And I think you kind of were moving in that direction, and that's the wide receivers. You saw some some nice things, I guess, from a couple of them for WR4. Yeah, like I said, I, I think Jalen Tolbert might have been my highlight there. Again, he's just had a lot. He's had a lot of attention this offseason. Last year was basically labeled a bust really quickly for not having any real yeah, ridiculous. Im- yeah, but you're right. Like having no they real impact on the offense. From him, well, yeah. yeah, I mean when you're when you're looking Third at this Cowboys pick, offense yeah. last year when it was just all right, well, it's CD and then Gallup who obviously got hurt really early on and just never really never really got back to where he was supposed to be, I suppose, to be that natural wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the eyes are on Jalen Tolbert's lack of success. Obviously, they had uh, James Washington at one point last year, too. Early in training camp, suffered a really bad injury, just never quite got back either. So, yeah, wide receiver four is a big spotlight. But speaking of Mozzie real quick, the glimpses that I had of him at least, yeah, first team, I mean, rookie action, for sure. You're going to get pushed around quite a bit. Uh, But at certain points of the game, there were times where I was watching him get double teamed. He was getting some push up the center. I mean... I wouldn't say it was a total loss on his first no, night no. out. It was just, all right, well, it's first-team action. Yeah, exactly. He needs some reps, there's <laughs> yeah. no doubt. And, and I want to talk about Tolbert there for a second. I thought sure. that he clearly 
took the role of WR4, that wide receiver four that the Cowboys really want. It, I don't believe the Cowboys have had a better offense than a couple of years ago when it was Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, uh, uh, Michael Gallup, and then Cedric Wilson mm-hmm. was that fourth guy. I mean, and Cedric came in when Gallup went down and, and clearly filled in that third. I think the Cowboys are really looking at some good wide receiver depth. If you can get Tolbert, and I think he has shown that in camp, to show what he did in that game, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he ran a good route on that touchdown, mm-hmm. came back to get the ball. It was I Greer who so, threw that one, right? Uh, that yeah, touchdown. Greer threw the touchdown, yeah. yeah. And then the Jalen Brooks, it looks like like a, like uh, we were saying, there's going to be a Jalen in, in yeah. these fourth, fifth, and sixth maybe even. But Jalen Brooks came in. I thought he looked okay. I think he was kind of uh, uh, subject to some bad passes that maybe weren't there. But, again, I do think that the wide receiving core kind of looked pretty good when it started settling down, when you saw Greer come in, the second and third teamers come in. And so you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I did think that they showed some promise. There's also uh, Kevontae Turpin. Yeah, now he had the fumble. He had the fumble, yeah. But I I think in in the return, but I think Mike McCarthy was saying, look, he he just got too aggressive. We wanted him to fair catch that thing. He just decided I'm going to make something happen and did. But, yeah, Kevontae Turpin, you expect him to do a little bit more this season. So I'm really excited for that wide receiving core of the Cowboys. You mentioned another thing. Uh, tight end and Luke Schoonmaker didn't really come around that much. He played a little bit. Did, I think he did make a catch. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, in the third or fourth. I can't. <clears throat> it's like the guy that I think is really going to be interesting. I, I think the Cowboys are going to have some really hard decisions to make, and it's John Stevens. Hmm. This is a tight end that scored the touchdown there. He's always uh, for the Cowboys. He's always around that that end zone. He's a red zone threat. They really like him in camp, from what I'm hearing. There is no way in heck that they're going to keep five tight ends. And no, that's what they've yeah. got here. They're probably going to just shave that down to three to make maybe for a sixth wide receiver. I don't know how you – then who it is. I think John Stevens clearly to me is the number three guy. I mean, he Jake definitely – Ferguson won. Yeah, he definitely stands out. I mean, Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker, uh, probably going to be your tight end too going into the season when he – effectively when he really gets healthy too. Um yeah, there's no sense in having four tight ends unless you're just an offense that loads up on every possible receiving option yeah. you can possibly gear. Yeah, I would say three tight ends, Ferguson, and right now, yeah, you said uh, John Stevens, correct? So then you got Peyton Hendershot, who everyone loved. I did too. Yeah. And but then you've got uh, Steve McCown, who they've been high on for a long time. Both of those could be casualties. I mean, there's always surprise cuts to somebody at the end of the offseason, but at the end of the day, it's a performance sport, right? I mean, Stevens is the only guy who, who scored that touchdown, right? I mean, that's the easy the easy point, too. Unless they want to keep a fourth guy as more of a designated blocking tight end for big, heavy run packages. That's Luke Schoonmaker. That's what he's yeah. there for. I did think he did look pretty good at blocking. He's I've seen him the last couple of days in camp, and especially in that padded practice that they had uh, yesterday where everyone was fighting. He really did look good at blocking, and I and that's what we've heard. And bring him in for that. Jake Ferguson, I don't think there's any doubt. He's the only offensive starter that played for the Cowboys. I don't think there's any doubt. He is clearly your tight end one. And he had a really nice catch over the yeah, middle oh, yeah. there in like second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, so. looked, he looked great. So you really got to like what those wide receivers are doing. I think they're going to have some questions. 
John Stevens, by the way, was a wide receiver in college. They're going to beef him up a little bit. If they keep him, then you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have two guys, Ferguson and, and Schoonmaker, who you're really relying on to do most of the blocking, and, and Stevens would be just a red, throw, red zone threat. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Defensively for the Cowboys, I thought the linebackers played absolutely wonderfully. Uh, DeMarvian overshone, uh, number zero, he, he really, or 35. He showed great uh, quickness. He was getting to the ball quickly, uh, all, uh, quickness and quickly, all, <laughs> all uh, game. But he really was. He was on top of it. He was tackling people for losses. I thought the, that he was the game wasn't too fast for him. Again, second and third teamers. He did play a little bit against the first. But still, he, he looked great. Uh, uh, was as a Clark, uh, Damone Clark, is a guy that I think is last year was a rookie linebacker. He really looked great. I, I thought those linebackers on defense, at least, were the star of the show. What stood out to you on defense? I actually did have a negative point for the defense, and it's, I think, a general lack of awareness the further down the depth chart you've gotten because you saw two different quarterbacks run in read options for touchdowns. That's just a coaching point, more or less, maybe, but if you're in those kind of goal line situations, I, I think, again, preseason, though. I mean, the further down the depth chart you get, the further yeah, down the depth chart you get. I, I know that you're right about that, but one of the throws that won the game Mm-hmm. Uh, was the third string that was yeah. the guy was dead to rights and he, the well, luckiest that's just, throw I ever saw. Yeah, the the Rourke throw. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You got to wrap up and tackle though in that situation. I'm an, I, I'm the noted Patriots fan, right? I, I oh seven flashbacks to the Super Bowl. You wrap up Eli Manning, take him yeah. down to the ground, right? That's just. Uh. But he was going. <laughs> the, the, what was crazy is that guy was going down. He, yeah, he was inches from yeah. touching, and he was somehow able to get that ball off. Anyway. That being said, I do think that the defense, for the most part, played all right. I, I, you do worry about picking up the read option because in the NFC East, you know that's going to be mm-hmm. a big point of contention with Danny Dimes running, Jalen Hurts running, and then uh, whoever they've so got Howell, out in Washington. Yeah, Howell, <laughs> and Hal is an a- athletic guy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Romeo Cornell's going to be doing some things with him. So you're definitely going to have to to pick up those things. But I definitely think that this defense is quicker than I have seen in a lot of years, and I think the depth is there. We didn't see a lot of stars. In in fact, very, if any, and Damone Clark is going to start uh, as a linebacker there. I thought we see I saw a couple of ends there. I'm, I'm not sure. Gallimore might might have played a little bit more. I don't know if he's going to start, but either way, there there's some depth there, and yeah. that's another thing that I liked. That's what you want on your defense for sure. I mean, having, being able to rotate guys in and out, uh, there's a lot of really good defensive line depth. Even if Mazzy Smith doesn't start day one, him being a rotational interior guy is going to be incredibly valuable. And your linebackers, right? I mean, the big point we did mention a lot this offseason was Leighton Vanderesh probably being the weakest point of the defense, and they decided to re-sign him. If Overshone can really step up and get into that coverage space, you talked about his quickness a lot, that being one of his biggest selling points going into this NFL draft. I mean, That's right. 
if he can keep that snappiness, that quickness out there in coverage, because he's really good at running downhill and getting to the backfield. That was effectively his entire college highlight tape. But if he can keep that quickness and keep up with a couple of these, you know, more athletic tight ends, you got uh, Goddard, um, you've got Darren Waller now in the division, yeah. and then uh, Logan Thomas even with Washington, not yeah, a bad, not a bad throw out either. Looking. I mean, it's going to be incredibly valuable. And, and yeah, and I think that's why they got him. I think that's why they picked him up. They were so excited in that third round pick. I remember when they picked him, they were flipping out, mm-hmm. and so they obviously saw something. And Dan Quinn is excellent at doing that. And so far, he seems to be fitting the bill. Obviously. As you mentioned, and we'll, we always have to preface these things. These are preseason games. Yeah. We're not flipping out over these things. But he looks good so far with what he's been thrown his way. And that brings us to this week's uh, practice. And I, I wanted to get your, your idea on this. <clears throat> Cowboys were swinging at each other yesterday. And it, I, it made national attention. I know that we shouldn't. We shouldn't care what national people say about the Cowboys because the Cowboys are always going to be in the national spotlight. But it just it, for the, some reason, when the Cowboys start fighting, it's a big deal. No one else. There's been tons of camp fights. And oh, I've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. And they've been talking about, all oh, this shows disruption in the team. What do you think generally? How do you feel about your team? I know you're a Patriot fan at heart, but yeah. what do you feel about your team swinging? Man, it's camp. It's competition. In fact, I love to see it. Uh, you don't want it to be so bad that it's a rift in the team that it makes things incredibly awkward, but it's not uncommon for there to be fights at camps, either within your own team or with other teams. I know uh, the Jets and the Buccaneers had a pretty have had a lot of yeah. run-ins these last few days. Uh, the like Packers six had or something. one today. They threw the guy's helmet up in the air. Yeah, I mean, last season, one of the best photos you could probably ever get of training camp is when Aaron Donald, they were practicing against, uh, who was it? Maybe the, maybe the Bengals. Uh, he holding two helmets, his own, and an <laughs> offensive lineman's helmet. Right. Tensions run high in training camps. But you kind of want that, right? You want there that to be that competitive aggressiveness. You want there to be uh, guys trying to fight for those reps. You guys, you want that... You want that guy who's going to go to battle, man. It's it's a it's a tough sport out there. And I think more specifically with the Cowboys, they have not, as you mentioned with those others, they haven't played anyone else. It's just yeah. them. And so the only person you're allowed to hit is the guy on your team. And look, in, in training camp, everyone's so fired up, they're amped up. They want to hit somebody. Yeah. And look, I, I, one thing I liked, and I'll tell you this, Biotish, the center. When he came out of nowhere and he leveled Sam Williams, I'm like, that's awesome. Tyler is not a guy that I ever thought would be, whoa, watch out. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's swinging. He's going to be the one to take on the defense. And let's be honest, on the Cowboys right now, the badass unit is thought of as the defense. That's the, sure. the defense. Yeah. is are the kings there, Micah Parsons and Sam Williams and, and some other names. And so for him to come in and just say, hey, we're here, here. We're here too. We're tough as as nails. I loved it, and I think it was important too because this is a far cry from the Jason Garrett Cowboys, and I love that. That mm-hmm. that team was always thought of as a finesse team. They didn't have tough guys on the team. That they could get outmatched by more physical teams like the Niners and so on. I think McCarthy has taken a while, but he's getting that group. Dan Quinn definitely wants yeah. those dogs on defense, and I think he's got it. That's what 
to me, that signified that a little bit more, and, and I, the, I love seeing it. And at the end of the day, it's all competition. There's yeah. only but so many guys that are going to make this roster, right? So, I mean, you, you, I'm almost not surprised that this happens as much as it does. Everybody wants to compete, man. At the end of the day, somebody's getting that paycheck. Somebody's going to make that team, and somebody else isn't. So, And one of the things we were talking about a little bit off mic, and uh, I wanted to bring up, and I, I thought that I think Cowboy fans can be a little bit hesitant about this season. And I, I wanted to get your idea before we get into this. From where you're seeing the Cowboys are right now, mm-hmm. how old are you again? 26. 26 years old. This has got to be the best Cowboys team roster-wise that you have seen probably in your lifetime of at least understanding what a sport is and knowing what you're watching. So maybe 10 years old. <laughs> so Roughly, for the last sure. 16 years, yeah. this has got to be the best team. Am I wrong? I don't think you are. This is a very good Cowboys team. I mean, we always talk about on paper is very different than on the field, but I've seen a lot of these guys on the field. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, huge addition. I've loved Brandon Cooks. Um, Two big splashes that I think have been incredibly underrated in the national conversation uh, for this Cowboys team. But look, man, everywhere you look on this roster, there's somebody there that's like, yeah, you could very easily say he's one of the, either the best at his position or a very notable player at his position. I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, I'm obviously a little bit older. And I, I don't think that there has been a better Cowboy team roster-wise that I have seen in the last decade or more. Uh, maybe, maybe since two... Well, hell, maybe since the 90s. And I know I'm just, I I know we haven't seen anything, but just on the roster, Mm -hmm. there were some talented Romo teams. And I don't want to take away from those teams. But this is the most optimistic roster wise I have been going into a Cowboy season since I can't remember. And I think I speak for a lot of Cowboys fans when I'm scared to death because. While everyone else might be excited, oh, yeah, our team's going to be good, there's a part of me in the Cowboys fan nation that's going, oh, God, when's the other shoe going to – when's the shoe going to drop here and and all this thing is going to fall apart? Unfamiliar expectations. Oh, because this is what I really come down to believing. In the NFC this year, this is why – this is the Cowboys' year. I think the Eagles are going to take a step back. We already talked about that. I I think they have a good roster, but – you have to wonder where Jalen Hurts is going to be. Is he going to be able to repeat what he did last year? We know what Romo, or uh, excuse me, Prescott is. We, we've seen him do this. If you give him weapons, he can do it. We've seen Hurts do this one time. Mm-hmm. And can he do that again? That's the big question. The Niners, Purdy. We don't even know who's going to be their quarterback yeah, this season. He's played eight games last year. He did well. But as I mentioned to you, I can tell you, Right off the top of my head, I can go back to 2000 and tell you eight or nine guys that had great years, one year, and then we don't ever know whether where are they today. They got good contracts, they're gone. We're talking about the Elvis Gerbox back in the 90s, the 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 Jim Bo, or the Mike Bonos from the San Francisco 49ers. You're, then you're talking about the Carson Wentz, closer closer to what we saw. Uh, Baker Mayfield had great a great year with Cleveland. Got hurt, never the same. It's you don't know, and the quarterback position with the Cowboys is the most stable out of those two. You can say what you want. I'm not suggesting that Hurts is going to fail, but Cowboys are the most stable. Other than that, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Mm-hmm. This is it. And if the Cowboys don't do it this year, 
I really worry that there could be some uh, a cosmetic shift where a lot of things are going to change for that team next year. I mean, we mentioned this off air, and I'll, I guess I'll repeat it here, right? I mean, Philly, let's say they even win the division. Dallas could still very well be the second-best team in the NFC by record, but everything goes out the window in the playoffs. So you've got a lot of questions all over the roster. Can the e- like, Or across the conference, let's go that way. The Eagles, can they repeat what they had last year? Very good question. Can the 49ers repeat that with the instability and the question marks at quarterback, right? Trey Lance doesn't, we're not really sure if he's really going to be that guy. Brock Purdy, how has he rehabbed? Sam Darnold making waves in, in camps. Yeah. Right? Minnesota, I don't even think is going to win their own division this year. I'm buying the Detroit hype train, by the way. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, there, there's a lot of questions. The conference is as wide open as it ever is going to be, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, this is their year. I think there's some credence to that. This could certainly be their year to make a, a big splash in the NFC. And that's it. And with the Cowboys, they're, they're dying because they don't get too many of these chances. Yeah. Obviously, it hasn't happened in 27 years and uh, for an NFC championship game birth. And so, it, it, again, that's what worries me. It, it comes down to one of these situations where they've got to do it this year or yeah. else then they're real thinking about new head coach new quarterback even if they sign him they're thinking we've got to find something as a to back him up i I don't know we can't just keep throwing out the same thing i mean the only thing that derails this team in my eyes is health it really is and that's the that's the only that's the you you can throw everything out the window because i mean heck you know knock on wood dak prescott goes down for five six weeks that could very well be what determines your season right somebody else a big major player you know you don't want to see that happen but it's the NFL. This is a gladiator sport, and things happen. But that's everybody else, too. Every single team, all 32, they have to deal with the same problem. How do we keep our starters healthy? This. Yeah, I want to preface this. Everything, all things being equal, Cowboys stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, this is a year to do it. And I, I don't really I, – I keep saying this to myself. It's like, if it's not this year, then when? Yeah. How can you get this team, maybe a couple of guys on the offensive line, but even if you – if that offensive line stays healthy and is strong, where else? I mean, again, we've got the defense, so we've got the the depth, the wide receiver depth, the tight end depth. I'm mean, the only thing you maybe don't have is a quarterback depth, but still. I mean, you might have a question about kicker, but I mean, yeah, I kicker, and and you hope a lot of games don't come down to yeah. three points or less. But this is the year. And I, I really do believe it. If they don't do it this year, you really cringe to wonder what happens now. What else do they need? Yeah. and Everything's got, going their way. That's right. You've got <laughs> this window. And, and as you get older, you notice these things. Is that I can tell you windows of open and close, not only for the Cowboys, but for different franchises all over the place. We've got a window right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That thing's going to be closing in a year or so. It just is just how it happens. It's the way things are in the NFL. Everything changes so much. So you have to take advantage of it when you have it. And that's what the Cowboys got to do. Real quickly before we go, what are you looking to see in the game against Seattle this Saturday? Again, just offensive line. If they can step up and play better, that gives you more optimism going into the season. Whether they play all their starters or it's all the backups or whatever, you want to see more of an impression made on the offensive line. If they perform well, You've got at least one out of two performances, that optimal third, that rubber match, so to speak. That final week at the prison could very well give you that last little bit of confidence. But I am zeroing in on the offensive line. 
I want to say uh, I do want to see a little bit more from the wide receivers, a continuation. I'd like to see a little bit more from maybe Jalen Brooks or maybe Jalen Cruper. Uh, one of those guys make it interesting if we're going to hold five or six guys. I do want to see a little bit more of the Deuce Coop. I'm surprised that neither one of us have really said anything oh, about Oh, yeah, Deuce I wanted Bond. to bring him up. He's been very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I do want to caution everybody because the moment that he did well, I mm-hmm. went to Twitter and I saw national guys start saying this is a steal of the draft and the Cowboys totally. I, I get it, but he was going against second and ter- third team guys, yeah. so let's, let's he was careful. He was fantastic in college. He was yes. basically playing his contemporaries from college again. So, so I want to see pre-season. more from him maybe, see if they can get him in some different kinds of plays. Uh, that would be great, but really the thing that I'm really most likely or most hoping to see, get off the turf. I want everyone to get up, get healthy, don't want any injuries. Mm-hmm. No carts coming out there, and then I'll be happy. So, again, the Cowboys play the Seahawks this Saturday. I'm Austin York. That's Tristan Rines. Until next time, have a good T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.